Napa know-how. Right now, a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil and a platinum filter is just $23.98. That's a great deal for a great oil, which is another reason why this is the most wonderful time of the year. That's Napa full synthetic oil and a platinum filter for $23.98. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. While supplies last. Offer ends 12-15-19. From the host of the Geeky Retro Nerd Show podcast. The only podcast to be named by Mr. Mark Hamill himself. This is Journals of the Jedi, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome. My name is Adam and I am most honoured by your presence. Uh, thanks for listening. I had a fantastic response to the first episode of Journals of the Jedi, so thank you very much for that. Um, lots of kind comments and lots of listens, so I'm really, really over the moon with that. This episode, I've got a, a bit of a different vibe for you, and, th- and this episode is going to kick off uh, 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 a series of episodes that will run adjacent to the main Journals of the Jedi podcast. What this series of episodes is going to be about is about Star Wars year by year. And it's going to be about what what was going on in the world and in popular culture through the Star Wars years. Now, to help me do that, I've got a fantastic book. Now, I received this as a gift a couple of years ago from a colleague at work. Um, And it's a fantastic book. It's called Star Wars Year by Year. A visual history and it's the updated and expanded edition um, it's updated as far as force awakens and it's a fantastic book and basically it's a visual history of everything that was going on um, through the star wars years now it starts right back when um, george lucas was born <laughs> i'm not going to start that far back the the the, the year i'm going to start in is 1974 so this episode is going to be about 1974 and the reason i chose 1974 is this i think 1974 is when the the development of star wars really started heating up and there's loads of good things happening in 1974 as you're about to find out on this episode and the idea is just to make these these episodes uh, short and sharp and easy to take in. So let's get cracking. 1974. So I'm going to start by looking at the top 10 movies, top 10 grossing movies of 1974. And this is the highest grossing films in the US. Okay, it's not the UK, it's the US. So at number 10, uh, and there's some absolute corkers in here, by the way. At number 10, we've got The Longest Yard. Number 9, The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams. Number 8, Airport, 1975. 
number seven the godfather part two um brilliant film a lot of people um agree that it's better than the first one do you agree um number six the taking of pelham one two three number five earthquake Number four, one of my favourites, Young Frankenstein. Now, Young Frankenstein was, it's a, first of all, it's a brilliant film. Absolutely brilliant. Um, Gene Wilder is absolutely fantastic in it. Uh, but when I was a kid, it was a, it was a proper video store VHS rental. It was it, it had the brilliant cover on the VHS and it was it was just classic wasn't it and, and I, I'm pretty sure I got my mum to rent it from the video shop more than once um, number three the trial of Billy Jack number two the towering inferno can you guess what number one is have a think about it I'll tell you towards the end of the episode so let's have a look at the top 10 selling singles in the UK of 1974. At number 10 is Carl Douglas, Kung Fu Fighting. Number 9, Ken Booth, Everything I Own. Number 8, The Rubettes, Sugar Baby Love. Number 7, Mud, Tiger Feet. Number 6, Paper Lace, Billy Don't Be a Hero. Number 5, Terry Jack, Seasons in the Sun. Number 4, George McRae, Rock Your Baby. Number 3, Charles Aznavour, She. Number two, The Three Degrees, When Will I See You Again? And number one, David Essex, Gonna Make You a Star. So that's what was going on in the music and movie world in 1974. But what was going on in Star Wars world in 1974? Now, before I go any further, I should probably point out that I wasn't born in 1974. I was born in 1980, so I wasn't even around... (laughs) At, at this time in 1974, not for another six years did uh, Baby Gradwell make an appearance. But this book is fantastic. I mentioned it before. It is, I've got it in my hands right now. It's Star Wars Year by Year, Visual History, Update and Expanded Edition. And it's it's really, really thick. It's real quality. It's visual. It does, oh, man alive, it's absolutely brilliant. It's a fantastic book. And this is what it says on the back. I just, I just want to talk a little bit about the book first, if I may. So what it says is, since 1977, Star Wars has been ever-present in popular culture, a worldwide phenomenon that has endured for almost four decades. Um, this chronological guide presents the full story of Star Wars, now updated to include the latest addition to the saga, including The Force Awakens and Rogue One. Um, and of course there it says almost four decades well it's more than four decades now isn't it Uh, produced in collaboration with Lucasfilm and written by renowned Star Wars experts Star Wars year by year provides a real world timeline of everything Star Wars from George Lucas's inspiration to his departure from Lucasfilm from early Star Wars Rebels concept art to final frames from old novelizations to new Star Wars theme parks. It's the real-life Star Wars saga, exhaustively illustrated and completely up-to-date. Like I say, it's a fantastic book, and I chose to start with 1974 because I think that's when that's when Lucas started warming up. That's when, he, that, that's when things started heating up a bit, I think, with Star Wars. So let's have a look what was happening uh, Star Wars-wise in 1974. So George Lucas actually worked on the rough draft for the Star Wars through the winter of 1973 and 1974. And it was in the May of 1974 that he completed the rough draft for the Star Wars. And the story featured Jedi versus the Sith, 
two bickering robots, I wonder who they were, uh, Princess Leia, Han Solo, but it's still far, far from the final draft. And there's a picture of the draft here, and it's got a big stamp on the front. It says, eyes only. Do not copy under any circumstances the Star Wars by George Lucas. And it's well documented, isn't it, that you know where George Lucas drew his inspiration from for um, Star Wars. And it was in the January of 1974 when Lucas was reading through comic books and watching movies to to inspire him to 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 get this rough draft, um, you know, reading as well as possible. I suppose um, some of the things he was looking at was um, so he was reading John Carter of Mars by Edgar Rice Burroughs. The Golden Bough, A Study in Magic and Religion by the Scottish anthropologist Sir James George Fraser. And he was reading many, many fantasy books. And there's a quote here from Lucas saying, I'm trying to make a classic genre picture, a classic space opera. And there are certain concepts that have been developed by writers, primarily Edgar Rice Burroughs, that are traditional. And you keep those traditional aspects about the project. So some of the things he was watching in 1974, he watched Howard Hawke's Air Force, uh, Michael Curtis's The Adventures of Robin Hood. That is an absolutely fantastic film. I love The Adventures of Robin Hood with Errol Flynn. That that was that was 1938, that film. And I used to watch it over and over as a kid. I, I loved it. And it's really easy to see, isn't it? Where if you've seen it, you can tell straight away the, the you know, especially the lightsaber battles in Star Wars, the, the, the fantastic sword fights in, in Robin Hood were bloody brilliant, weren't they? What else was he watching? Um, Fritz Lang's Metropolis. You know, that's a, a really, really famous movie, isn't it, from 1927? Torah, Torah, Torah uh, from 1970. And The Dam Busters from 1955. Interestingly, uh, future Star Wars director Ron Howard... Uh, made uh, an appearance in Happy Days, which premiered in 1974 on January the 15th, and it premiered on ABC television. So, of course, Ron Howard went on to direct the Solo, a Star Wars story movie, which I enjoyed. I thought it was good. I don't think it should have got the... I don't know if it got a panning. It, it, it gets described as a flop. I don't think it was a flop. I, I think it's unfortunate all the noise that surrounded it from the fallout from the last jedi i don't think the release date helped it particularly um you know it, it was pretty early in the year it seemed it seemed a strange time when we'd already had the last jedi only a matter of months beforehand but anyway yeah ron howard happy days january the 15th on abc in 1974 so only a couple of months after lucas completed the rough draft for the star wars he completed the first draft of the script for the Star Wars. Although the rough draft and first draft are the same in terms of the story, the names of numerous characters are changed in the latter version. The first draft changes the Knights of the Sith to the Legion of Letau, Wookiees to Jawas, described as huge grey and furry beasts, Anakin Starkiller to Justin Valor, and Princess Leia to Princess Zara. And the robots R2D2 and C3PO into A2 and C3. 
So radically different, isn't it, from the rough draft to the first draft? And obviously he reverts back um, to to what he had before for those for those various names. But quite radically different, isn't it? So um, Knights of the Sith to Legion of Letter, Wookiees to Jawas, uh, Anakin Starkiller, a Justin Valor. I, I love that name. That's a cool name. That if I ever have another son, I'm gonna call him Justin Valor. But yeah, so it's interesting, isn't it? Only there was only two months between the rough draft and the first draft, and they were so radically different. So also in 1974, another historic and exciting decision by George Lucas. Um, he hired model maker um, Colin Cantwell and concept artist Ralph McQuarrie to begin working on concepts for the Star Wars. And um, Colin Cantwell had previously worked on Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. He'd also worked on the Andromeda Strain. And George Lucas provided reference material, verbal descriptions, and his own sketches to communicate his ideas for the spacecraft in the movie. Cantwell's concept model for the Y-Wing Starfighter is among the first models that Lucas approves. Macquarie subsequently incorporates Cantwell's Y-Wing and other vehicle designs into his own environment and character paintings. And Macquarie's um, work on the concept art began with sketches of uh, C-3PO and R2-D2. And inspiration comes from several sources, including Metropolis, which I mentioned before, from 1927. Uh, that was for in quotes, a kind of human robot, a public relations guy. Um, and also another source was Silent Running from 1972 for a stubby little robot. <laughs> Isn't he? Oh, it was a perfect description, a stubby little robot. Um, Lucas tells Macquarie that the villain, now named Darth Vader, should wear some sort of mask. Because Lucas's script describes Vader leaping across the vacuum of space, Macquarie suggests a head-concealing helmet with breathing apparatus. So that's where it come from, Darth Vader with his, his helmet on and his, his breathing noise came from the idea from the original script of Vader leaping across the vacuum of space. So Macquarie says, right, okay, why don't we stick a helmet on him and he's got some breathing apparatus? Genius. And there's another link to Star Wars alumni uh, in 1974. I mentioned before the premiere of Happy Days, which featured Ron Howard. Well, on December the 20th, 1974, The Man with a Golden Gun was released. Obviously, it's a um, James Bond film directed by Guy Hamilton. Uh, Roger Moore was James Bond, and it featured Christopher Lee um, as the assassin Francisco Scaramanga. And he had three nipples, didn't he? <laughs> It's not one of my favourite Bond films, that one. Um, it's okay. Um, Christopher Lee was a, an okay baddie in that one. But it says it all when the thing I remember the most about it is uh, his three nipples. <laughs> and guess what? There's another link as well to Star Wars alumni. Uh, on May the 2nd, Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell is released in the UK. I haven't seen this film. Have you seen it? Get in touch with us on Twitter at Geeky Retro Nerds, if you've, if you've seen it, what do you think of it? Uh, directed by Terence Fisher and stars Peter Cushing as Victor Frankenstein. So there's the first link. And Dave Prowse as the monster. And it's the final chapter in Hammer Films' Frankenstein series. So there you go. It's all happening in 1974. 
did you guess the number one movie of 1974? It was, of course, the absolute classic comedy from Mel Brooks, Blazing Saddles. So if you guessed, well done. You don't win anything, but well done. <laughs> So I just want to finish with some key historical events from 1974. The oil embargo crisis ends. The first barcode is used on packaging. India tests its first nuclear weapon. Um, the world population is 4 billion. I think it's 7 billion now, is it? Wow, 4 billion in 1974. Um, Philippe Petit walks the high wire above New York City. The uh, in the Rumble in the Jungle, sorry, Muhammad Ali regains his world title. Pioneer 11 photographs Jupiter's red spot. And ABBA won the 1974 Eurovision Song Contest with Waterloo. So thanks for listening. Tune in to the next one. Obviously, it'll be 1975. Thank you very much. Now, a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil and a Platinum Filter is just $23.98. That's a great deal for a great oil, which is another reason why this is the most wonderful time of the year. That's Napa Full Synthetic Oil and a Platinum Filter for $23.98. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. General States pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. While supplies last. Offer ends 12 15 19. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.